Twitter handle, at Religion of Woke, all one word. Two to one, Jamaicans wish they were still a colony. So the president of Haiti was assassinated the other day. Uh, a bunch of uh, mercenary types, I guess, went into whatever, the, their version of the White House, and shot him dead. And Haiti is like a, you know, S-H-I-T whole country. Um, I mean, they really got screwed over by the by America way back in the day, I think, because, you know, they were the first country that had a slave revolt and overthrew the the people, you know, the owners, the owners, the slaves overthrew the owners and they took over the country. And back then, I think America was still a slave holding country. So they're like, okay, no one, you know, we're not going to support Haiti. And I think they're like, you know, any other country who tries to support Haiti, uh, we're not going to let you do that. Right. So basically Haiti was, Haiti was ostracized because, America still had its slaves, and it wasn't in the mood to uh, hear about slaves being freed. So we screwed them over back then. But, I mean, to say that that is the cause of Haiti's problems, I think, uh, is not true. You know, it's been 100 years, 200 years, whatever. Uh, they just got mega problems, and, you know, we're not entirely... America's not entirely responsible. We're just responsible for their problems, you know, 200 years ago. It's kind of like Jamaica. So Jamaica is in the, you know, this is all in the Caribbean or the Caribbean. And so Haiti was part of the French thing. And I think the French people were a lot meaner than the British. And then Jamaica was part of the British thing. And for quite a while there, you know, after, you know, there was no slavery, but the British kind of ruled Jamaica, um, I guess as a colony. Yeah, I guess so, as a colony. And they kept doing it for quite a while. And basically, Jamaica was a real nice place until the British pulled out. And then it went to S-H-I-T, whole country status. Huh. That makes me wonder what countries were better off under um, colonialism. Um, I looked that up, I tried to look that up on the internet. Obviously, you know, everyone wants to say that no country was ever better under colonialism. Like, you know, if you're a professor, you will get fired. Your wife will leave you. If you say that, but anyways, uh, from what I could tell is that India actually benefited from colonialism and seems like Jamaica, well, Jamaica benefited from the British ruling it, you know, it depends on what you say. Like, I'm sure there were some people in Jamaica, like not black Jamaican people from Africa, but, uh, whatever, whatever the native Caribbeans were. And I'm sure colonialism was not better for them, but in any case, back to, uh, Haiti. So what can you do with a country like Haiti, you know, uh, you know, to improve it? How can you improve a country like Haiti and lots of other countries that have the same problems where basically every politician that comes in um, is incompetent and is corrupt and just, you know, they just milk it for all they can to help their friends and family and close, basically people they know, and they screw over the country in general. I mean, it's, it happens, it's happening right now in 50 countries. So, I'm thinking about it. What? Here's an idea I had. It probably wouldn't work, but here's an idea. I think someone needs to create a for-profit. I was thinking the United Nations could do this, but I don't think so. Let's do a for-profit um, company that provides governments, and uh, you know, only provides it when they are democratically elected. So you know, you know, you got this company. It's based in New York. It hires people out of uh, you know political science graduates out of Harvard and 
whatnot. Basically kind of like a think tank. Kind of like a think tank crossed with a mercenary group. Um, anyways, and then they can run for president in various countries. Specifically, in this case, Haiti. So, you know, the next election that Haiti's ha having, they'll have, you know, Mr. Uh, Mr. Smith, who grew up in Haiti, is will be one person running. Mrs. Uh, Johnson, who grew up in Haiti, will be another person running. And finally, the third thing that'll be running is, you know, Presidents R Us. We'll call the company Presidents R Us. And they, they will be running. And if the people vote in Presidents R Us, the Presidents R Us Corporation will provide a president and probably a cabinet and stuff. And, you know, if, you know, say the election, next election is one or four years later, whatever, um, if the people vote, you know, now, you know, they didn't like Presidents R Us, so they vote in Mrs. Johnson, um, that's fine. And then Presidents R Us picks up and leaves. So they're just, you know, they're just like a, they're like a president, but they're also like a corporation. And exactly how the that company's gets paid for, I'm not sure. I mean, a lot of this stuff you'll have to figure out. I mean, the first problem that I can think of is like, say Mr. Smith, so he was the previous president, you know, and he doesn't want Presidents R.S., non-corrupt Presidents R.S. coming in there, because, you know, they might prosecute him, for instance. They might start prosecuting every corrupt politician from the previous government. So, you know, you got a big incentive to not let them come in. So, you know, the, the best way to get rid of a... You know, basically, do what do what the Jews in Israel did to get rid of the um, British was you start doing terrorist stuff. You know, you start doing some bombings and some murders. And you know, this country, you know, basically, so Britain was like, "Heck, I'm getting the hell out of here. I don't like I don't like having my soldiers, you know, attacked. I mean, and for a place that I don't even care about. In fact, wish I never been to." So, anyways, Mr. Smith is gonna start some terrorist activity. I guess they had a massacre. Yeah, the guy who just got killed in Haiti, he did a massacre of 72 people in one incident of protesters. So, I mean, you know, it ain't no joke. People get murdered. So, you know, I don't have the exact answer here. You know, you got to have some kind of green zone thing for the... See, presidents are us. P-A-U. I'm going to call them the POW. So this, the POW president, um, you know, he's got to have a place where he can feel safe. I mean, or else, yeah, basically he does. Otherwise, ain't no one going to take that job. So anyways, you got a green zone. But now the next thing is, is like, you know, this is sounding like Iraq, isn't it? This is a for-profit version of Iraq. And I'm not sure how they make a profit yet. But anyways, the problem that happened in Iraq was like, I mean, talk about money and expertise and soldiers, you know, thrown at a problem, right? No one's ever thrown more, more of that stuff at a problem than what the U.S. did to Iraq. But I think like the main or one of the main problems they ran into is like it was no amount of training they could do to the Iraqis to make them into good soldiers. They're like, you know, we're going to teach you to be like an American soldier. And it just, it was impossible. You know, they had, they had lived their whole life in Iraq and had different, uh, you know, a me different mentality about how life works. And so you could not convert them into good U.S. soldiers. Like the thing they're famous for is, you know, you'd have a whole bunch of Iraqi army guys going up, a few, going up against a few, you know, so-called terrorists. <laughs> And, if, you know, the few so-called terrorists, they were dedicated to their thing, and they would chase off. Those, those Iraqi soldiers would throw down their guns and run away. And so I think this is where, you know, maybe some of the for-profit action can come in to fix things, stuff that the U.S. government couldn't do. But like, you know, say you, uh, you know, you, you create your little uh, Haiti, you know, you're, you try and train a little Haiti platoon. Well, that's fine. 
And here's what happens. Like, you know, say it's 100 men. Um, when there's a battle and most of them run away, every man who stays, you know, give them $1,000 cash or 10000 whatever, whatever it takes. You know, if a man stays and, uh, you know, it does what is considered to be a good job, you know, like shooting at the enemy uh, to protect the people who are running away so they don't get shot in the back, well, you just give that guy cash. And I think, I think cash is a great incentive, and I think people would risk their lives for some cash. They're not going to risk their lives because you're trying to teach them to be U.S. soldiers. I mean, U.S. soldiers are amazing. Like, what do the grunts make? They probably make, like, $40,000 a year, and they will literally risk their lives. I mean, they will... I mean, you know, you always hear stories of running into enemy fire to grab their buddy. Anyways, we got to have, you know, that ain't going to work. You're not going to be able to teach the Haiti people, to do, Haiti soldiers to do that. But I think, you know, for they're like for 10 grand, you know, like, hey, I used to be in a gang where I was getting shot at anyways. For 10 grand, I will stay here and do what's right. All right, let's think of some ways that this company can make money. I mean, the first place I would look at is rich countries, you know, like... You know, how much would America pay to uh, help out Haiti? I mean, they certainly pay millions, you know, billions. I don't know. You could have something like, you know, you could have incentive structures. Like, if you can get Haiti's GDP to grow over 1% a year, then we'll give you $100 million a year. So, first place I go is governments, you know. Governments could pay you. Like, I don't think Haiti has any oil. A lot of the shithole countries, whoops. S-H-I-T, whole countries, um, have oil. Around about a lot of them. Some of them have oil. And I would be very, very careful about letting a for-profit company get their money from oil. I mean, that's where the money is. I mean, that's absolutely where the money is. But, boy, that does seem to lead to corruption. I think your, uh, your pal president may get corrupt real quick when oil gets involved. So, you're going to have to do something about that. On the other hand, you know, that's, that is where the money is. So, like, you know, like, British Petroleum, I think they're big in a, I think it's Nigeria? Whatever. They're big in a whole bunch of African countries. They make a ton of money. So, somehow you'd have to get uh, British Petroleum to pay for the president, the POW president. I mean, I think they'd pay some. I mean, they're not going to want to pay a ton. They're a for-profit company themselves. But, you know, it would make them look good. Like, oh, they gave $10 million or something. That would make them look good. I mean, you could get some money out of the oil companies. Like I say, that's very iffy. Corruption's going to start real fast there. Uh, here's a, here, okay, here's a good place. Like, a lot of these poor countries have taken out giant loans. Giant loans that they're never going to pay back. So, you know, let's see, who gives those loans? I want to say the NIH or the WHO, but that ain't it. Okay, I think it's the World Bank. So maybe if you start paying back, you know, the World Bank might pay you, I don't know, $100 million if you can get your country's finances in order enough to pay back their $1 billion loan. The problem with that is you may have to implement austerity, which is not generally good for a country. But anyways, there's definitely something about, uh, you know, someone who's going to get $0.10 cents on the dollar for their loan if you're like, hey, I can get you 20 cents on the dollar for your loan, uh, they'll pay you money. So there's a place. Or maybe you just ask the uh, voters, like, hey, voters, will you uh, pay $10 a year extra in taxes for this? You know, that could be part, that could be part of it. And it's probably going to depend on 
It's going to depend on everyone's specific situation, especially like whether or not you got oil or tourism or what your, uh, you know, what the way the country wants to try and turn it itself into a better country is. You know, how how are the what are the jobs? What are the jobs these people are going to do if they had good governance? And I guess finally, the thing I'll say is that as people's lives get more secure, um, they they look for things to complain about. They get. Uh, whatever, their tolerance for little problems um, decreases. Like, for instance, you know, if a black person gets into Harvard, they're going to be woke as hell and calling America racist as heck because, basically, their life is so good. They have everything, you know, they have the best life in the history of humanity, which, you know, leaves you with, what are you going to complain about? So they're going to complain about how America is a racist country while they go to Harvard. But basically, to pick a less extreme example is like, say, the the POW president uh, kind of fixes up a country. As soon as things are going a little bit better, pretty quick, you know, you still may have uh, protests. You know, well, yeah, actually, let's go back to the let's go back to the woke Harvard person. It's like America. People in America have no idea what it's like in the rest of the world. They have it better than you know almost any other place. And uh, right, and we just had 570 riots in 2020. So. Just because stuff is good doesn't mean you riot. You don't riot. In fact, maybe you riot more. You know, if you're not eating tree bark because you're starving, then you might have some time to riot. But if you're eating tree bark because you're starving, like in North Korea back in the, I don't know, 20 years ago, they didn't have any time to riot. They had bigger problems to deal with. But anyways, the point I'm trying to get at is, whatever, you may, uh, too much success may actually cause problems. And I think, uh, whatever, you just... You, you just deal with it, you know, like say uh, the POW president comes in, they stabilize everything in a four-year term, uh, you know, like the country that, whatever, you know, maybe people are no, you know, the, people are no longer starving, and in the midst of a civil war, they get all that sorted out, the people are not going to be that happy, they're not going to be like, yay, you stopped the civil war and you stopped the starvation, they're going to be like, you know, now they got some time to think about other things to complain about, and that's fine, so then, you know, Whatever, the people, it's all democratic. The people vote in Mr. Smith or whatever. They vote in Mrs. Johnson after four years. They're like, yeah, we want to have a good life and have Mrs. Johnson be president. And then, of course, Mrs. Johnson is totally corrupt and everything goes to crap again. Well, there you go. Just every four years, the POW president comes in and kind of makes things better. And then I think what you need is that eventually, as countries all over the world see that when every time they vote in one of their own everything goes to crap and when they vote in you know this technocratic uh, corporation that that makes things better eventually i think they'll be able to whatever vote them in a couple times in a row and then i think there we go i solved the world's problems sweet so i remember reading once that uh they did a poll of Jamaicans, and they asked them if they wished that they were still a British colony, and uh, I guess uh, they did a poll in maybe 2011 and 2017, and they got results something like um, 60% wanted to, wished they would have stayed a British colony, and 27% are happy they didn't in one poll, and then the other one was like Maybe 50% wished they would have remained and 25% didn't have a, whatever, 25% are happy they were not still a colony. Makes you wonder, like, what's the other 25% people thinking? I don't know. Anyways, 
that's a stat that you should know based on what I said earlier.